Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. Unplugged podcast. So excited for the show today. I have a special guest, Alexa Mendez. Hello. Hi. So I'm going to start off. Let me just read your bio because you have a very impressive bio. So I just want to set the stage here. Alexa Mendez is a 16 year old high school junior. She has been named student of the year by both her elementary and middle schools, and she continues to strive for excellence today. Alexa earned her Girl Scout Gold Award as a sophomore and made her school's championship-winning varsity girls basketball team as both a freshman and a sophomore. Wow, wow. Alexa's book, which we're going to be talking about today, is called Unsubscribed. Do you say the hashtag? Hashtag unsubscribed? Yeah, you can go either way. Okay, hashtag unsubscribed. How I am thriving in high school without social media, and you can too. There are books available on Amazon. We'll talk more about the book. And for more information about her, her book and Gold Award, check her out. Her website is www.unsubscribedbook.weebly.com. You can also contact her at unsubscribedbook at gmail.com. Yep, that's me. That's very cool. I was just thinking, I was just thinking about this. Is if I was to do a bio as a 16-year-old, mm-hmm. it would say like Sebastian Sloven got his driver's license. <laughs> and that would basically be it. That was my accomplishment as a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. So Super pumped to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for the work you're doing. I think it's um, so important and right up our alley uh, at Nature Unplugged. You know, we're all about this. So I would love to start just to hear a little bit about like what inspired you to write this book. You know, like why, mm-hmm. why did you do this? It's actually an interesting story. This past summer, I was planning to go up to Stanford for eight weeks to study neuroscience and fiction writing. But then I tore my ACL playing club basketball out of practice, out of Out of the blue, we weren't expecting it, obviously, and that changed the plans for summer, so I had eight weeks with no plans, and I decided to use that time to write this book. Dang. Okay. Okay. Um, That's incredible. I mean, I think, think, again, just really impressed that of the options that a 16-year-old or anyone has when they get injured, Mm -hmm. that you chose to, to write this book. Thank you. Yeah, I figured I'd make the most of the time. It's a valuable time in high school to make make a difference. So I tried to utilize that to my best ability. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, the, you know, the book's awesome. I highly recommend it. Uh, you know, whether you're a parent or a high school student or somewhere in between, um, it's really, really, I think, well-written and a lot of wonderful tips in there. Um, I want to get into it a little more. Um, so a lot of it is about like, uh, using social media in moderation. Like, can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the benefits in your, from your perspective of using social media in moderation? Absolutely. Well, if I could start out when I was originally using it a lot and I was, I would almost say, addicted to it, Yeah. I was basically consumed by it. My thoughts were always on it, whether or not I was using it. I always thought about, when am I going to post next? What am I going to post? Where can I find the next photo opportunity? And what am I going to say is my comment? Who am I following? Am I following too many people? And just this constant Instagram, Snapchat stream of thought really ruled my life. So having had that experience and now having not used it, it's really 
a great big difference to know that I'm not constantly consumed by it. And I have the opportunity to explore kind of who I am, especially as a teen, trying to figure that out as most teens are. I'm not distracted by other people's comments and my likes and not putting my value in that as much as Mm -hmm. just focusing on who I am and who I want to be. And also the aspect of productivity is huge. Last, this past year, I was um, on my basketball team, varsity basketball team at high school, working on my gold award and planning our school's winter formal all at the same time. So it was really nice to not be so caught up in posting and being active on social media, but instead using that time that otherwise might have been used as procrastination as a way to stay focused on what I was trying to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, totally. That makes sense. And I just want to go back a little bit. So, uh, and you're of the generation, right? And I think you wrote about this in the book in your book where there wasn't a time that you remember, right? That you didn't have like smartphones and stuff, right? Right. Absolutely. You, you've, you've had that the whole, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so you just shared about kind of a time in your life when you were addicted or, you know, it was kind of controlling your life. What, mm-hmm. what age was that or around like? Around fifth grade, I started using my first Snapchat and Instagram accounts. Okay. And then by the time I was in seventh and eighth grade is when I completely dropped off of it. And then at the beginning of high school, I just started to begin moderating it. Got it. So how how old's a fifth? Fi- I should how old's a fifth grader? Let's see. <laughs> Around yeah. I would say like ten. Ten. Okay, probably. so you got Snapchat and stuff going in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. It got and then you said it got it got really bad and like or eighth grade's when you stopped. Is when I stopped. Yes. Okay. So I would say sixth grade is the time where I was most active, and then seventh grade I kind of began to realize that it wasn't super great for my mental health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. And I was curious if this was this your kind of shift in perspective on social media. Was this all like from you, from you kind of just thinking like, wow, like I don't feel good when I look at look at Snapchat, Instagram, et cetera. Or was your, your parents or like family involved with like creating those boundaries or how did that work? It was mostly just me. My parents were very supportive every step of the way and they yeah just checked in with me and they obviously set some guidelines and if they asked a question about it, I would tell them honestly what was going on. But for the most part, it was just self-regulation and making those rules and self-implied different things that I would follow for myself. And it's more effective, I feel like, for me to have learned that lesson the way that I did as opposed to my parents telling me, don't do this, don't do that. So I really took it to heart when I felt it and understood for myself that it wasn't working for me. But it's also interesting because my brother is very active on social media and he uses it as a platform to help other people. So it kind of shows the two different sides. If you can figure out how to moderate it for you, even if you want to use it, that's great. That's the goal is to be able to use it in a good way that helps people and helps you not feel super overwhelmed by using it. Yeah, yeah, got it. Older, older brother, younger brother. Older brother. Older brother. Okay, so you, so differences in in your use of so it's not the whole family's mm-hmm. on, on the same page, but that's right. still using it for for good. It sounds like mm-hmm. that's cool. Yep, got it. Okay, um, very interesting. So you talked about so I'm really fascinated by this shift, this kind of like internally motivated shift to change mm-hmm. your, you know, your habits with social media. Um, is this something that happened like within your friend? Was you were you alone in this, or was this like kind of did you have some allies, some friends in your group that were like on the same page, or were you kind of like on your own with this? At the time, I was mostly on my own, yeah. but I started to reach out when I was writing this book to my other peers to see how they felt about it. And in the book, I actually include different quotes from my friends, 
at the beginning of each chapter to kind of demonstrate that I'm not alone in feeling these things and thinking how I'm thinking. Um, and that's included before each chapter. So they also had similar ideas, but I think it took them a little bit longer and they were at different places at the different times. Yeah, yeah, got it. And that makes sense. And I really appreciated those. I thought I thought having other students' perspectives and just your friends' perspectives was really helpful mm-hmm. in setting the stage. Um, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I'm curious how you mentioned your peers now, like now the books, when did the book come out? It was in July, end of July this year. End of July. So it's pretty new. Mm -hmm. And how is it, uh, how have your, how's it been, uh, taken by your peers or like in your school? Is there, uh, is there kind of a movement now or, or how does it, how does that go on? Yeah, everyone is very supportive and they definitely agree with me or if they don't, they're just supportive of me having written a book, they don't comment yeah. on like, wow, I definitely disagree. They just congratulate me and definitely contribute to the supportive community that I have at my school. And it ironically has been like, um, what do you say? It has I've been ironically uh, spread the word through the use of social media on yeah. the administrator's accounts. Oh, so that's cool. kind of helped get the word out there. Yeah, so yeah. again, using that social media for good instead of overwhelm. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. great. That's really cool. Um, awesome. Awesome. I mean, so many things, so many things to talk about. I mean, I think you touched on this, this piece about productivity, which I think is really important, not just for high school students, but I mean, there's a lot of, I think you're you're specifically talking about like students, um, getting off social media or like, you know, having boundaries with social media, but I think this is equally as important for, for adults, uh, a lot of adults, like Mm -hmm. people, you know, uh, college and above struggling with right over like overly distracted and productivity and stuff mm-hmm. so a lot of tips for them in here too yes absolutely and it is definitely not only the teens and my generation that's struggling with it it's interesting to see walking by that the parents are also the ones using on the phones and that kind of sets the precedent for the teens as well so it's a reciprocal effect with that yeah and that's a good segue i think into talking about parents a little bit if you're up for it mm-hmm. um you know, what, what advice or thoughts do you have for, for parents who either have high school age children or younger, they're coming into this or, you know, just parents in general? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I'm not a professional. I'm a teen and it's interesting because I'm part of the first generation to have grown up with social media, like you mentioned before. Yeah. But that also means that the parents are the first generation of parents to have to deal with this as a concept for their kids and their teens. So it's definitely an interesting concept that not everyone has tackled, and it's obviously very difficult to say, this is how you do it, because every kid is individual and different. So the way that worked for me might not necessarily work for somebody else. So I think the key there is to just have open communication between kids and parents and realize that it's an us, not a you versus me. It's more of a team effort than trying to pick sides and say they're the bad guys and we're trying to do the best. So if they can work together and just establish a good foundation and relationship between each other, then the communication will come and that'll make it easier to talk about things like social media. Yeah, that's huge. That's mm-hmm. really important. Um, yeah, great advice for parents out there. I think it's interesting too, you know, from we know from the research that a big part of, at least when it comes to parenting, uh, how the how the child's behavior is going to be with social media has to do with what they see modeled for mm-hmm. them, right? So it's interesting in our work where we work 
mostly with youth on, mm-hmm. you know, like healthy boundaries with technology, getting outside, wellness with technology is our, is our deal. We're starting to now work more, seeing that we could do great work with a student or a child. And if that's not being like uh, taken by the parents or we're not communicating that to the parents, um, it may not go that, the work may not go that far, right? So the mm-hmm. importance of having uh, the parents being on the same page or, or walking the walking the walk, yep. so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, I mean, you maybe you spoke to this. I was going to ask if, if your parents ever put like hardcore, hardcore boundaries on like when you were young and like, mm-hmm. uh, you can only use social media this much or they, they pretty, they were pretty open and kind of helped you find mm-hmm. your way. They put mild boundaries just yeah. to let them know like what's going on. I think the main thing, like I mentioned earlier was the communication between us. Yeah. And other than that, they pretty much gave us the freedom with, of course, checking in and not complete freedom, but most right. freedom to experience what we found on the web and talk to them about it and how we felt and all the things along those lines. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, good job, parents. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, because I think about this. I've, I've read studies on this where there are parents that are overly strict mm-hmm. uh it sort of backfires and right. they become like those kids become like the most the craziest kids on social media mm-hmm. and i think about like maybe when i was a kid like the the parents my friends whose parents i let them have no sugar or anything like that mm-hmm. and they come over to other friends houses where it was a little looser they would just go like bananas and eat all you know just go nuts right. and eat all the sugar it's kind of the same deal they just kind of yeah it's kind of like the concept of the stricter the parent, the sneakier or the smarter the uh, kid. Interesting. So the more restrictions that the char- parents try and put on the kid's social media use, they'll just find ways around it and then continue to be smarter, almost like a game. So if the parents put on one restriction and then they figure out how to go about using it with, with that restriction anyway, then it's the parents have to pick a new restriction and it goes back and forth like a game. Yeah. Yeah. A little cat and, cat and mouse type deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's challenging I, I, um, from the parents' perspective uh, in mm-hmm. that sense because I think in a lot of cases the, the kids are like more hip to how to be, you know, like social media and how to be sneaky and stuff like that than, mm-hmm. than the parents are. Right. It's challenging. And if they want, they can just go over to their friend's house and have an account on their friend's phone. Oh, dang. So that's something that a lot of parents don't really realize, but... Kids go over to their friend's house and do the social media there, even if they're not allowed to use it yeah. in their house. They'll find a way. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Talk to me, or could you share with us a little bit about the role that self-control plays in social media use or phone use? I know that was a big mm-hmm. theme in your book. Yes, I would say self-control is probably what it all boils down to as far as moderation. I personally have had experiences uh, practicing my self-control throughout the years, as a Catholic Christian, I had the period of Lent, which is 40 days leading up to Easter each year. And even though I, as a kid, didn't necessarily realize the religious aspects of it, I use it as an opportunity to practice giving up things that I liked for 40 days. So some years it was like candy or treats. And then the next year was like TV on Saturday mornings, which was my favorite thing. Yeah. And so I obviously felt the temptation to go back to it, even though I decided I was going to give it up. So that practice allowed me to ultimately decide for myself when it came time when I realized that I wasn't enjoying my social media use. The practice that I had used over the years through Lent allowed me to put it into action with this big topic of social media. And I think that kind of speaks to the fact that social media, or this speaks to the fact that 
Self-control is more of a muscle than anything else, and it needs to be practiced and trained before, as you could call it, game day, or like when the big time comes mm-hmm. to use it with something large like social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how old were you when you did the social me- no social media on Lent uh, deal around? That was probably third, fourth, fifth, around the oh, beginning years. Yeah. Well, that's wild. Mm-hmm. I imagine, yeah. I mean, because that's what I, I was really... I mean, this is a theme throughout the book, but you have this incredible self-control and you know determination that is pretty amazing. Thank you. And uh, I, would, I, I don't know. I'm not a Catholic. I haven't done the Lent deal. Uh, mm-hmm. But I imagine that most third graders are like, you know, if they have to do something, they're choosing like the least mm-hmm. hardcore thing to to give up you know it's like right right i don't know skittles yeah, or something of course um and you chose it seems like you made an effort throughout the years to to really target the things that were most i guess challenging for you mm-hmm. which is cool thank you yeah and if even if you don't practice lent you could still decide for this weekend i'm not going to use social media and just start with baby steps you don't have to necessarily go all cold turkey and say i'm giving it up for 40 days or 2 months or however long you could just decide, okay, for this week, I'm not going to go on social media or maybe just not go on Instagram, but still go on Snapchat. But taking those baby steps is definitely a great way to start. Yeah, yeah, Okay, you don't have to, you don't have to do Lent to, do, to practice this. Okay, right, this absolutely. Is, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of kind of, I, I, I really love that the book was full of what I felt to be like really practical mm-hmm. tips and techniques, and it wasn't... I think you offered a lot of stuff and it wasn't like you have to do this, you know, it's just more about finding your own way. Mm-hmm. Are there any particular practices for, let's say for, I guess for anyone, for, I was going to say for high school students, but mm-hmm. that you would recommend for people or that you recommend to, to friends about social media use? Yeah, I would think it also just ties into regular phone and technology use. Yeah. But throughout the day, we constantly have the habit of picking up our phones when there's a transition or if we're waiting for someone or if we're waiting in line or if during, I don't know, lunch, if you're in high school, if you don't see your friends right away, you immediately pick up your phone. If you just realize that you do that and then take a moment to look around you and just realize that everyone else is feeling the same way, it kind of helps you to understand more so that it's not just you and that everyone's feeling the same insecurities and everything along those lines. So just taking baby steps, even if it's five seconds where you would have grabbed your phone and scrolled through your feed, yeah. You could just use that time to look at the birds, look at the sky, and enjoy the moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's huge. I think not only for students, definitely for young people, for adults too. What do you think? I mean, this is we see this everywhere. It's like you have mm-hmm. you have like two seconds of free time, and people mm-hmm. are on their phones and scrolling. Mm-hmm. What do you think is like the core, like the driver behind that? You think it's just like discomfort? Mm-hmm boredom or you know is there anything to you that stands out as like what makes people pull their phone out yeah I think people are afraid of silence and I think they're afraid to be alone and so if they slowly begin to have those moments of silence throughout the day it'll give them the opportunity to get to know themselves a little bit more and even if they make the conscious effort to maybe sit still and quiet without their phone for five minutes maybe then you can build on that habit and almost start doing reflection daily and thinking about how you can get to know yourself and treat yourself with more respect and just really overall improve your mental health. Maybe think about things you're grateful for and all those things along those lines. Yeah, for sure. Well said. I think it's nuts. I mean, 
that you mentioned, you mentioned examples in your book, and I think they were spot on, but, uh, and I think what you see at school probably is, you know, everywhere, but in line mm-hmm. at the grocery store, right. in an elevator, mm-hmm. um, any sort of waiting, mm-hmm. eating food, even in public, mm-hmm. if there's a silent, or like, you're, you know, I was at a restaurant uh, this morning, and just like, I mean, just I'm overwhelmed. Like, it's crazy how many people are on their phones. And then mm-hmm. as soon as maybe the two people together, they're talking, one person goes to the bathroom, phone's out. Exactly. There's like, yeah, a lack of, of and I think that's a, you, you spoke to a major theme of the book. What are you, some of your, um, do you have any practices that you do that are like kind of intentional times to be alone? Do you have like a certain time of, uh, that you set aside every day or how, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I do my best to pick at least... 5, 10, 15 minutes depending on the day and my schedule, but it's great to have a specific time. I could definitely do a better job of that since I know as a high schooler it's difficult with extracurriculars and homework and all the things that are expected of us from colleges, parents, friends, family, ourselves. So I know it's really hectic, but if you can find a time to pick out 5, 10, 15 minutes is really helpful. I know when I pick out those 15 minutes, it seems like the work that I do have to do goes by faster. Because I'm more focused and energized. Yeah. And that kind of goes back into the productivity piece, which you talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And again, not just a problem with high school students, but like, you know, a lot of people, especially people that are working on computers, mm-hmm. it's like crazy how less productive people are oftentimes now because there's like 30 tabs open and some of them are mm-hmm. social and some of them are not. And Right. Yeah. So it ties in with that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess it's applicable to adults as well. Of course. I feel like all of this is, we focus it on teens because we're the ones growing up with it, but really it's applicable to anybody and everybody. Yeah. And I think it's easier for adults to, this happens I think with every generation, but it's uh, easy to be like this generation. It's sort of like the thing to like mm-hmm. pick on this generation about this, you know, your generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely happening mm-hmm. all over the place. It just sort of happens to be an easy thing to to pick on yeah yeah that's wild I'm, I'm curious to hear about like any future plans for for the books or more books or do you anticipate doing uh like you know presentations or speaking mm-hmm. what's your what's your kind of vision for this absolutely definitely public speaking i'm doing a presentation well i'm actually on a panel with a cybersecurity uh professional who uh we're gonna be at a viewing of this movie called Like, and it's about the invention of the like button on Facebook and how that mm-hmm. altered the world of social media. And then we're having at a local middle school and then again at a different date at a local high school. Uh, parents have the opportunity, kind of like a forum where they can do question and answer. And then again, I'll be doing more presentations after that, like at the local library and definitely looking into spreading the word through face-to-face interactions like presentations and public speaking since I feel like it's more effective to see that I'm actually a teenager and this is actually something that someone has done. So yeah. gives motivation to people to see if I can do it, that means that they can do it as well. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. It's inspiring. It's inspiring stuff for sure. Is this, um, these events, are they open to the public or is this specific to a school? Mm-hmm. No. What do you, when, when is it or what? Uh, the first one is October 21st. Okay. Yes. And it's from 6 to 8 p.m. It's at Earl Warren High S- Middle School in Solana Beach. And the second one is at November 6th at La Costa Canyon High School in 60, 6 to 8 p.m. as well. Cool. I went to Earl Warren. Oh, wow. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll come back, back and, and, yeah. uh, and see you this week. That'd be really cool. Awesome. That'd be great. That's awesome. Well, um, 
You know, I, I, I hope that this is the beginning of many conversations that we have. I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of collaboration that we do, we can do together. I think we're excited to to share about your book as much as we can and uh, help you get the word out. I think we're you know similar similar alignment here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all your help and support. Yeah, yeah. You're very welcome. Um, can you remind listeners where they can find your book and where they can find more information about you if they want to? Yes. So my book is available on Amazon. You can look up either hashtag unsubscribed or Alexa Mendes and it will come right up. And it's also, if you want more information about me or just the book in general, it's on my website, www.unsubscribedbook.weebly.com. Awesome. Any, uh, any final words or tips for, the, uh, for everyone out there? I think it's just important to realize that the first step is noticing how much time is spent on screens and on social media, and then taking those baby steps to work backwards from there. But it's definitely doable. It's not impossible. It may seem impossible, and it's going to be really difficult. But if you really put your mind to it, you can definitely accomplish it. Dang. Well done. Well done. I love it. I love it. This is, yeah, it's not like a, it's like not a superhuman feat to, right. to rein in your social media. Definitely doable. Tech use. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to next, next time. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that wraps up our show. Wonderful guest, Alexa Mendez, um, and thanks for listening to the Nature Unplugged podcast. We would love it if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. You can also find our shows on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, basically all the podcast platforms. Uh, Be sure and check out our site, www.natureunplugged.com, for more information and resources and other podcasts. Uh, Let us know if you have any questions, comments, feedback, or potential guests. We'd love to hear from you. Join the Nature Unplugged movement, and we will catch you next time. Don't want to know if you're leaving, if you can't decide. Um, I'm letting you say.